Hi, everyone. Pastor Galen, lead pastor at Shine Hills Church. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope that these podcasts will be a real encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. You can also connect with Cheyenne Hills at CheyenneHills.org. Hope you enjoy the program. We are across the street and around the world. Cheyenne Hills. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Nathan, welcome. Good to see you. You got your legislator tie on. Is oh, this yes. is this that time of year this again? This is the one if I want to go get something. <laughs> this done. is the big one. That's the power <laughs> tie right there. Well, I, w- I do want to talk about you know what's going to happen and what are some of the things that are big legislative type things that mm-hmm. you're that have flagged uh, your mind. And right. I'd like to talk about that um, maybe in the next podcast. But this one I'd like to talk just a little bit about. You know. Maybe, maybe for the lack of a better word, a New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. But if I could narrow yeah. it just a little bit, what is? Do you ever come up with a word or a, I don't know, a uh, New Year's resolution, kind of more on a spiritual formation kind of way? Yeah. And I, I know I'm getting you a little bit cold here, but is there anything that comes to mind that said, okay, yeah, this is kind of where I'm, yeah, I want to accomplish in my spiritual journey this year. Several years ago, I began uh, trying to make sure that I was reading the Bible in a systematic way. Okay. And I've tried different plans through the years. Last year, I used one that was not a regular chronological Bible, but I found reading chronologically through the Bible is really good. But this year, my plan, I'm using one that's kind of based off of one from Robert Murray McShane about 150 years ago. And if you read it all the way through, you will have read through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice. And so really getting into God's Word, but doing it in a way that really rejuvenates the Now, when you say chronological word. way, are you, do you think, is it realigned the, new, the Old Testament? In, in a, so what, what's right. the first book, for example? Well, it, the, the Torah is all the same. Okay. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Numbers. What happens is you'll find, uh, a, I think Ruth is a, kind of in a different location, yeah. where you really begin to see chronological Bibles different is uh, they weave in in the New Testament. They'll weave Paul's letters into the book of Acts. So you'll read oh, a snippet gotcha. from the book of Acts. So, yeah, you really oh, see it more that, in the I New Testament. No, that's really good. Yeah. I haven't actually read through a book, uh, Bible like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, the reason I brought that up, because I've always kind of curious what people think about where Job fits. You know, that's a pretty old book. That's right. And some people actually think it possibly could predate uh, you know it, that that Job was possibly a contemporary of of Abraham, I think. Right. And if that's if that's true, it doesn't mean it's when it was written, but it's possible that it's even predates what because the Torah was written by Moses. That's right. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Pentateuch. That's written by Moses, so that's probably you know fourteen, fifteen hundreds, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Job possibly predates that. Right. Do you do you take that view? Or I I, I do take that yeah, view. And the I way they to. weave it into a chronological Bible is it still starts off with in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay. It will go through and literally kind of work all the way up to. Uh, I've seen only one this way because they try to keep books whole still. Yeah, right. I've seen one where Job was after Genesis. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was kind of curious about. So, well, I think that's that's fascinating. And then the Psalms, you know, they they're kind of interesting. They weave in certainly in about the thousand uh, BC because most of the Psalms were written by David, and, and then a little bit later by Solomon. Uh, mm-hmm. So those would have to be, but they they would weave in with with uh, certainly with. 
some of the pro- well, not not the prophets really. They they really it's after the judges. Mm-hmm. There's so, a spot though where like in First and Second Kings, you can weave in Isaiah and then yes. you can weave in Jeremiah, especially by Second Kings and yep, Second Chronicles. That's right. Yeah, and so you you could you see those in parallel, and that's right. intriguing. First and Second Samuel would fit with mm-hmm. the Psalms. For that's sure. right. Yeah, right. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I you know I you need to bring that book or that Bible. I've, I'm not Even sure if I've more seen fun. one. Oh man. Okay. So I've seen a Bible. I bet I'm not sure I've seen a Bible like this. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying yeah. for the world. It's like, yeah, because like not, he's the first time that pastor's ever seen a Bible. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea what he's been no saying he's the preaching last out of, 15 but, years. Yeah. But. <laughs> no, uh, one of the wonderful ways you really see this come together is in the life of Christ in the New Testament. Yeah, I bet. So though though we Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John together in a in a in a life of Christ. So sometimes the verses are reading very similar. Yes, right. Talking about the same instance, mm-hmm. but you're seeing it from different angles, and yeah. it's just I love yeah, that in too. the New Testament, especially. Well, and then and anytime you can do that with the synoptics, and you you cram together those, the different views. You know, I think it's something we're supposed to do in study anyway. You know, take a story, right? And you see that in in Matthew and Mark and Luke, and sometimes it's in John. John's kind of an outlier. Mm-hmm. It's kind of its own, you know, gospel, which is what view. John wanted it to be. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, he was co- the last totally. one to write a gospel. I've heard people try to uh, discredit John because of uh, the differences, but really, you can tell that the the you know the narrative in the synoptic gospels, those first three, yeah. You know they they're pretty tight. They're working together. Yeah, John then much much later is filling in details that weren't already expressed. Well, yeah, and he even starts in the, you know in the beginning was the word. So he right. kind of goes back Genesis like. That's right. Even before that, mm-hmm. the word was with God, and the word was God. You know, before the world became. So that's uh, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, I I think it's an interesting. Look at things. Well, I'm going to. So you're kind of you're kind of weaving through the old and, and New Testament through your. That's your that's your challenge that's to yourself. The challenge, yes. For this next year, that's a fantastic challenge. And I know a lot of people that do that just like to read through scripture, which is fantastic. Um, the one that the, I've got a word. It's not. I don't always get a word that I feel like I need to tie to, but this is a word that I think I've I've been working over in my heart, and I just thought, okay, you're going to have to have to drill down on it. And then uh, my wife injects some ideas and it's like, okay, you might've just changed my word (laughs) because she, so I'll I'll tell you. So my word is um, resilience. Oh, that's good. And I, so what does it look like for us to be resilient? And so that was my personal word. Now the, the word that I believe for uh, the, the church or those that I'm challenging is that I want? I really believe we've got to become stouter in our faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I just I just don't think it's going to do to suffice to be, uh, you know, a mile wide and a half inch, you know, a half, a half a mile wide and a half an inch deep. You know, That's we've right. got to be deeper in our faith. We've got to have a deeper understanding. Yeah. Um, I came across several different qu- quotes that they always kind of they kind of chap me a little bit, and and they're politicians that you and I are know that I you and I know but I don't want to necessarily go after them personally I just mm-hmm. it just disenfranchises me a little bit but sometimes they they come up with how can you trust a bible how can you trust the bible because it endorses this or that and um in this one particular case it said you know this one politician said um how can you trust a book that says to turn the other cheek if we as a government took this turn the other cheek uh as you know, yeah. gospel, no one would be able to defend themselves. And it's like, well, what a what a horrible uh, 
application of Absolutely. that passage. The application is for the person, Absolutely. not for policy, oh. right? You, I, I but you know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. And I haven't run into that, but but the answer to that is so crystal clear that when people make, let's just be honest, when people make dumb, silly statements, yeah. it really, in, inside of a real Christian, oh, yeah. it really becomes quite frustrating. It is. But, but I will tell you, I know for a fact that shakes some people's faith. It's like, oh, wow, the, you mean the Bible says, oh, yeah, that... How can you trust? Anything to distrust the Bible just a little right. bit. And so I feel like we've got to know the Word better. We have That's to understand right. it more. Yep. And I think we have to be resilient so that we can take—we we have a, a new series—so we can take these shock waves mm-hmm. that may come down the pike. And, and I think they're going to be more intense. I think they're going to be more—I um, think we've got to be prepared for those. So that's—for my challenge is this resilience. I want people to be able to stand and defend and— their faith and trust their Lord mm-hmm. and believe that this book they have before them is truly God's word. Because I think what, what people would want to have happen, mm-hmm. or I, I know that I know Satan wants this to happen. I don't know if I don't want to tag people with it, but, mm-hmm. but, but, but out of ignorance, it's what is happening is that people are saying things that are not, uh, they're not stout Christian thought. You know, right. it's like if you have a, uh, maturity about you, you go, okay, you can sort it out. Not everybody has that. Right. And I think we got to get there. Have you really delved into what, in your analysis of the subject, is the way to become resilient, yeah. especially in your faith as a Christian? Yeah. Well, especially under fire. Well, okay, so I think, I think you know, I would... the. The best answer probably is study your Bible, right? You got to know the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Go through the Bible, you know, read through it. That's that's where it's got to start, and you got to stay in the Word and all those things. But I also think that it's people that have have overcome some really difficult things. the The one uh, illustration I gave this this week is okay. So Jesus said some shocking things, and one of the mm-hmm. things he said: "Love your enemies." Right. Okay. So. You can read that, you can know that, you can, but if you've never actually applied that, I don't think it's going to make you a stouter Christian. You can be a smarter sinner, right? Right, but you won't That's be more like problem. you yeah. won't be more like the Savior. So when we take this and apply it, so the example I had was it's like, well, if you're one of those fathers in the the uh, the courtroom in Idaho and you saw your alleged accuser, uh, the murderer of your daughter, mm-hmm. right, and and then. And then can you imagine, you know, being that father's chaplain and saying, you know, you're supposed to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? Okay, so we know that's the right <clears throat> we know that's the right answer. Um, not the right timing, for sure. Right. I mean, you know, as a pastor, you got <laughs> there's gotta be a time. But at some point, I would want to hopefully help this father be set free from this rage, this vengeance, this whatever, because the Lord says, vengeance is mine. You're going to have to turn that over, and your job is to forgive, and if you can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you, people that have faced, maybe not that severe, this is a severe case, yeah. but but people that have faced that kind of situation and actually have forgiven um their enemy, or or you know, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, forgiving people. When you do those things, I think that is what that's what takes this word and drives it deep because you experience something that, I mean, it's it's a miraculous thing, but you experience the love of God and you go, wow, I 
there's a grace that I'm not capable of, but somehow God gave his grace through me to this situation or this person, right? Yeah. To me, that's experiential Christianity. It's not just that's reading right. it. Well, yeah. We got to read it to get it, mm-hmm. but then you got you to apply it. So to me, uh, we, got, we just got to apply the stuff we know. Can I ask a question on that application? Because I know for me, when it comes into certain circumstances in my own life, a lot of times I have to walk into that circumstance with a f- certain frame of reference. And so to, to make what you've just said uh, even more practical, because that's very practical, what is the mindset or the frame of mind that you have to walk into a circumstance with? A lot of times you have to kind of have your heart and your mind made up before before the bad thing even happens. Oh, wow. So how do you prepare ahead of time right now before a bad thing happens to be ready in the midst of that trial. Yeah, I you know, I don't really know the answer to that. And I think that's why, you know, that's why we have people, the chaplains, pastors, friends mm-hmm. that can come alongside and say, you know, I I don't I see that this situation is eating you up. Yeah. There's a bitterness in you that I bitterness is the pill that you're going to swallow and you hope somebody else gets sick and dies. Yeah, that's and so, right. Right. And so it's like I want to free yeah. you from this bitterness. The only way you can do this. Now, now I know those things. But if I had something happen to me, and I put myself in those shoes of that father, I cannot even imagine. And I have all mm-hmm. the information, and I would know what the right thing is to do. But I, mm-hmm. I still think I would have to have a human brother or somebody come along and say, you know, this is this is killing you, and you yeah. need somehow, by the grace of God, to forgive. Right. And and I think the the key to this whole thing is. People would say, well, there's there's no way I could forgive. And you're absolutely right. There is no way, in my opinion, on God's green earth that a man can forgive a situation like we've just painted right. by himself. Right. He's going to have to allow God to forgive through him. It's a miracle. It really absolutely. is. And when you experience that, I mean, Christ gave us the model. You know, he's hanging on the cross. And he says, Father, forgive them, right. those that are nailing him to the cross, for they don't know what they're doing. And to have that kind of compassion and pity mm-hmm. for somebody is that's a god thing and when you do yeah. you know it and th- i think that's where that makes stout christians because you go oh my gosh yeah i there's no way i could have done that on my own but i was able to let that go and mm-hmm. i i truly i truly do hope that that person comes to faith in christ or whatever right. you know right i like what you're saying this this is a practical application of something we know to be true but it looks almost impossible yeah. and so this is just my own analysis, and I think it dovetails exactly with what you just said. The, the idea, we find this in the book of Romans. Paul said, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so there is, even in the midst of, of triumph, before any tragedy comes along or whatever it may be, in the midst of tragedy, the effort is, and it's a constant struggle, um, the effort is to put on the Lord Jesus Christ to not fulfill the uh, lust of the flesh. Yeah. And so you look on that. What does it mean to put on the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. And that's, that's the big challenge because yeah. here's the other thing too. There's a part of you that absolutely resists the idea. Paul writes about this also in Romans, you know, the the war going on between your flesh and your that's spirit, true. between the mind and For the sure. uh, spirit. And so you have this war going on. And so if you can purpose in your heart knowing, okay, you're going to get pressure tested. Mm-hmm. Unbelievably, but Jesus Christ was as well for sure. For forty days in the wilderness, yeah. he was tested. He was tempted mm-hmm. in the worst way possible. 
you watch every, everything that we've ever been tempted with, he, he was he also was tempted, right? tempted in the same way. That's right. And so you look at that and you realize, okay, there has to be a mindset all the way through my life from beginning to end, both in triumph and in tragedy, that I am completely surrendered to living in the same way mm -hmm. that my model lived, mm -hmm. and that model being Jesus Christ. Now, that sounds all real fancy and good, um, and, and then uh, the tragedy hits. But there's a point, though, where I, I can say also from experience that it's tough, doesn't change the fact that you go through moments, I think for myself, uh, shortly after my mother passed away, mm. where for a few months it felt like a genuine, honest-to-goodness depression. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe mild, I don't know how to self-evaluate. Uh, and yet at the same time, I do know how I felt until, and even in the midst of all that, even amidst the tears, and sometimes the feeling of not being able to express myself, how I feel, I know that God still was holding me, and I was talking to him ever more. It's another great example, you know, going through grief and feeling God's comfort. That's another deepening. You just know. It's like mm -hmm. you, there's another level of gravity of God's goodness that you have because you've experienced it, not right. just heard about it or read about it. You can read about comfort. You experience comfort. Right. It's a whole different thing. Right. Does it, does it make sense a little bit that if you're looking at um, him as the, the example— is when the devil came to him in the wilderness, his weapon by himself was the word. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then when it came time for him to leave and had to leave everyone uh, to ourselves uh, with the Holy Spirit to to help, he sent us out in twos. And there's lots of reasons for that, like witnesses, witnesses in the legal system under the Pentateuch. Two people made up a fact. Uh, two witnesses yeah, right, right. were believed, whereas one wasn't enough to 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 testify. But, but to also, have someone walk with you on that yeah. journey. Yeah, to have another person. So when thought. you so when you uh, stubbed your toe, yeah, you had your brother there next to you. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's where Solomon talks about that uh, threefold cord is not quickly that's broken. True. That's true. And you're right. Walking through life with someone, oh my goodness, one of the worst. I think we could come back and say this: one of the worst things you could possibly do in this year or any other year is try to walk through this whole thing called life alone. Alone, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take it just a little bit of a turn, because I, I was feeling pretty good about this word resilience. Yes. And then my wife comes along. Okay. I call her the research department. <laughs> yes. And uh, she... Mary she, Kay. Yes, she, she comes great. in and says, hey, I've been reading this book, or I've got this podcast. That's what that's how she usually starts okay. a lot of her sentences. Well, this one was, I'm, I'm listening to this podcast, you should listen to it. Okay, okay I usually do, because... Usually they pan out pretty good. This is the word. It's it's a book called "Start from Joy" by Neil and Carly Samudri. Never heard of them. No, I, don't, I don't think so. But anyway, this is the. <clears throat> so what they say is, <clears throat> it's not. <clears throat> it's to start from joy, and joy produces these four things. Mm -hmm. All right, and and one of them is resilience, mm -hmm. and we know that from. Uh, James chapter 1, consider it all joy yeah. when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that your faith produces endurance. Endurance is that resilience, That's same, same yeah. kind of word. Okay, and uh, so anyway, the first, th the first thing that joy produces is contentment. Oh, and that's what they say, is that they, it detaches us from the outcome of whatever happens. When you're content, when, you're, when you start with joy... You can be content, and it detaches yourself from the outcome. If we have to have a certain outcome, we have to mm -hmm. win a certain battle, whatever, then it, that's going to rob us of joy. Mm -hmm. If we start with joy and it gives us contentment, it's like, you know what? 
and I think you do this well. I get frustrated because, you know, we haven't made enough strides in, in a certain policy. Mm-hmm. And you've, you are pretty content that, you know what? Yeah, we didn't get all that, but we got this, and this is good. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. you, you have this ability to kind of go, you know what? Keeps your, uh, it's a contentment is a, is a wonderful product of joy. Mm-hmm. Another th- a product of joy is trust. And I, not necessarily trust with other people, but the way they describe it is trust in your own internal alignment, your own values. Okay, you trust when you can when you can have trust in your values and know who you are in Christ and know who you are as your giftedness and you know as as a in your character. Um, if you start with joy, it will produce this kind of trust in you know you know who you are in whatever situation you're mm-hmm. going to be in. So yeah. that's I thought that was a cool gift of joy. Another one, a gift of joy is resilience. It allows you to withstand the pain of life. Yeah. Um, Resilience just, you know, your pain, loss, hurt is going to happen, right? It's, it's just yeah. going to happen. And uh, resilience gives you a path, a path through that, path around, up through, more through it. But he said if you start from joy, it will produce that resilience. And we know that's biblical. No question right. about that one. That's James 1, 1 2 through 3. Right. And then finally, uh, the gift of joy uh, will result in play. It's letting loose, having fun, enjoying the things of life. Yeah. And boy, that's a that's a great. I think it's a great word. So I, I've tweaked my one word. I, I do yeah. have this resilience. It's in my head, my heart. But it's like I've kind of backed up, if you will, one step and say, you know what? It really, it really starts with joy. That's and good. that's what I want to start with. That's I want good. to lead off with that. Uh, and I will tell you, ever since I've thought that or had that thought, uh, there's been a lot of things that have tried to steal my joy. <laughs> right. That's so true. <laughs> it's going to be attacked. But, uh, you know, it's like, okay, God, you're going to have to have to help me maintain, if you want to call yeah. it that, this joy. It's not saying that I don't understand the problems. It's it's, it's living in the problems and being mm-hmm. able to, to, to march right through. So oh, anyway, yeah. that's the... That's my challenge for my personal self, and it's gonna yeah. gonna be flowing out in the church as well. You know, if I could add to that, I, I really like that. I I I've been talking to some individuals, and I've had some counseling situations with some folks, and it seems like one of the big things that seems to diminish people's joy, yeah. something that they battle with. Normally, it's some sort of addiction to sin yeah. of some sort, and so sure. when it comes to feeling like you can withstand the pain in life, you feel embarrassed to go to Jesus. Hmm. Or uh, to trust in your own values, you begin to question all the things that are true because your life is not living up to those truths. Uh, Or with contentment, you're not content because of some struggle in your own life. And then when it comes to play, you don't even trust yourself with that. Hmm. And so when when it comes back to it, I I was Hmm. one of my professors... One of my professors in, in seminary, he had a podcast, and he was talking about New Year's resolutions. Mm. And he was presenting them to his kids, and his youngest, a four-year-old, spoke up and because his dad had asked him, so what are you going to uh, – what is your, uh, um, your challenge for this year? What are you going to do? And he said, well, I'm going to try not to sin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, this guy, Dr. Gaiman, he made the statement. He said, you know – I, I, I kind of did that inward chuckle. Yeah. And he said, but at the end of the day, when you think about it, isn't that kind of the goal? It's what we're supposed to do. Right. Sure. Yeah. And so Try a lot of times, because we have failed in the effort so often, yeah. we stop uh, trying to begin with. That's a good point. And, and his whole point was that's where grace comes in. Because when you strive to do something, knowing that there is the possibility that you'll, you'll fail, but 
Jesus paid for that failure and he loves you and he's encouraging you to get back in there and do it, do right. And so sometimes if people uh, um, don't feel joy, what they need to do is, number one, relax back into the grace of God Mm. and then strive again to live like he did and to be like Christ. And godliness with contentment is great gain, but it's that godliness with the contentment that brings that that joy. That's good. Well, I I think these are fun things to kind of, you know, to lead off with our new year and maybe to, to lead off with our with our life and so thanks for thanks for joining in. This was fun. Well, as you go about your life, I hope that you will be able to try not to sin. And as you do that, be strong and very courageous. God bless you guys.